This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and this week, my guest is Rachel Lamantia. Rachel was born and raised a Wisconsin girl. She's always loved math and developed a passion for small business when she and her dad opened a franchise in 2010. Her small business ownership experience gives her a unique perspective working with her clients, and her bookkeeping practice is a perfect blend of her talents and background. She's committed to helping her clients grow their businesses and believes having great books isn't just for taxes. It's valuable information for knowing your business. She and her husband, Brian, live in Wauwatosa with the best dog ever, Bella. She loves her too many hobbies, which include playing her flute, hiking, making homemade pizza, volunteering, and DIY projects. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Kate. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I think I may have to dispute that Bella is the best dog in the world. I believe believe mine is. What kind of dog is she? She is a McNabb, actually, which a lot of people haven't heard of. It's um, a herding breed from Scotland, actually. It's kind of like a border collie with short hair. Interesting. Well, let's talk about you. You were born and raised in Wisconsin, where you still live. What did you want to be when you grew up? I had absolutely no idea. Um, I think I probably went through some different things, but I don't ever recall a moment in my life where I was like, I want to be this. Like even going to college, I, um, I went to college because I was supposed to, not because I actually knew what I wanted to do. I didn't have a major or anything like that. Um, so... I can't, I don't really have a good answer to that question. Well, you've always loved math. Did you ever think about going into computer science or becoming a mathematician? Um, not really, because I knew that if you put me in a cubicle and made me crunch numbers all day, I'd probably go batty. Mm -hmm. Um, I love math and I love the puzzle and figuring things out, but I also love people and talking to people and helping people and, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be sitting in an office by myself, crunching numbers all day. So you and your dad opened a franchise in 2010. Was that your first job, essentially? It was not, actually. After I graduated college, I got a job managing college bookstores. There's a national company that does that. A lot of colleges outsource that piece. And so I moved to Illinois after college and managed a college bookstore for a couple of years. Um, and it was at that point that my dad got downsized out of his corporate job and decided he wanted to start a business. And I moved back home to do that. 
So what type of business was it and how did you two decide to work together? (laughs) It was a disaster restoration franchise. So we cleaned up after water damage and fire damage and mold remediation and that type of thing. And it was actually a business that my dad found when he got downsized out of his corporate job. Part of their severance package was working at a placement firm. And within that, he found a franchise coach. He never like thought he would start a franchise or anything like that, but found a franchise coach and started researching some of the opportunities. And that is how he found the company, actually. Um It's a great company, very high on franchise list success rates. Like they have a really good system. And so that's how he found it. But he wanted help starting it and asked me if I wanted to come home and help him start the business. So that was kind of what started the whole thing. Hmm. Do you have brothers and sisters or are you an only child? I have one younger brother. And he is an engineer. He lives in Indianapolis. So he was not part of the business. He had he had just gotten out of college and was just starting his career. So um, it was just me and my dad. When I think of disaster, um, I think of things like hurricanes, earthquakes, wildfires that affect lots of people. But that's not the type of work that you did, is it? No. I mean, sometimes those things affect our work, but there are many disasters that occur every day. Um, Pipes break, basements flood, things catch on fire all the time. And a lot of people don't realize that there's this whole industry around that and it could happen to you at any time. Yes, indeed. It certainly could. How long were you with the business before you ultimately left the business? It was about five and a half years um, that I ran that business. My dad pretty much ran the jobs and I did everything else. I was in charge of the sales and the marketing and the hiring and the employer relations and the office stuff and the finances and the scheduling and um, all of that, that kind, like basically running the business. And that was about, yeah, five and a half years. So your experience at the bookstore probably came in handy. In a way, yeah. It's a very different industry going from retail to service. Um, so that was helpful. But I, I will say that being a small business owner, if you coming from the corporate world, is kind of an entirely different ball of wax. And I spent a lot of my time learning about small business. I wanted to learn as much as I could about what makes them successful? Because the failure rate is very high. What makes them tick? What makes them work? How how do we build a small business so that it's profitable and has longevity and all of that kind of stuff? So, mm-hmm. And you are absolutely correct that coming from the corporate world and running a business is a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, that's That's something that I work with my clients on because I did that exact thing and found out the hard way (laughs) how much different it really is. (laughs) So So it's awesome there's people like you that 
our resources if you're having a tough time with that transition because it's worth it. I believe it's totally worth it. It's not for everybody, but um, it can be very rewarding. So it's awesome that there's resources like you out there in the world. Mm, well, thank you. <laughs> so is the business still in operation or did you and your dad just close it down? We sold it, actually. Um, when my dad decided he wanted to retire, we ended up selling it to a neighboring franchise. So they were a bigger, more established franchise and the owner wanted to expand. And so they took our employees and a lot of our equipment and all of that kind of stuff. So we were able to sell, which was awesome. That is awesome. So your dad's retired now? Oh, yeah. And he loves it. It was so fun to see because it's a stressful business. It's an emergency service-based business. You know, I was glued to my phone for five years because we had to answer our phones 24 hours a day. And so within, you know, two weeks or a month after we sold, it was like this weight had been lifted off of his shoulders and he and my mom are just loving life right now. Good for him. So you've been in this business with your dad. It's now sold. Did you have a plan or were you asking yourself, what am I going to do now? No plan. No, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was pouring a lot into that business and um, I was blessed that I had gotten married a few months beforehand and were able to live on my husband's salary. And he was very supportive in me actually finding something that I would enjoy which was awesome. So it took a while to kind of explore what I might want to do. I thought about getting a job, but quickly realized I can't go back to that world once I've owned a business. And I thought about consulting for a while and I ended up actually coming around to owning a bookkeeping business because I think it's where my passion for working with people and small business and watching it grow and my skills, which is really heavily administrative. And I've known accounting for a long time. I studied it in college, kind of meet. And um, it's a perfect fit for me. I love it. What's the biggest mistake you see entrepreneurs and small businesses make? that you as their bookkeeper can help them with? They don't pay attention to their numbers. And um, I've had a lot of conversations with people where that's the last thing they want to think about. They're busy running their business. They're busy taking care of their customers. They're, They're busy making and building this amazing entity. And bookkeeping kind of falls to the back burner. But your numbers are so important in running your business, and they can really help you make good business decisions. I've helped people avoid cash flow problems and fix receivables problems and be able to tell if they're ready to make that next hire or if their ratios are off, if they're spending too much versus what they're pulling in or if they should charge more. I've had that conversation with clients too. So your numbers can really tell you a lot about your business. So take it seriously and make sure that your numbers are right. So how can people not know their numbers? I mean, they must know if they're making money or not. Well, yeah, but a lot of people do what I call bank balance accounting, where they look at how much is in their bank account and make decisions from there. But they're not forecasting. They don't know what's coming out ahead of time. They're not lining up their revenue versus their expenses. They have no idea other than one number in your bank account. And so um, 
There's a lot more there. And in most people, you know, they have goals for their business, right? Revenue goals, profit goals, if they're smart. And they have a general idea, but they don't really know where they're at at hitting that goal at any point in time. They have a ballpark, but they don't, they don't really know. Mm -hmm. Do you keep up with the latest tax codes? Does that affect how you keep the books? A little bit, but not a lot. I am not a tax preparer. I never want to be. <laughs> Keeping up with tax law does not sound fun to me. Um, so I know, like, in general, what can be written off and what can can be can and can't be written off in your books and things like that. But I'm not a tax expert. So um, you still need a really great tax consultant in addition to a good bookkeeper. Mm hmm. So how, as a bookkeeper, do you help people grow their business? Do you add in some business tips that you learned as a franchise owner? Yeah, I find that that come, kind of comes about naturally as I'm talking with my clients. I build in some communication time. Obviously, I believe that the numbers aren't just for taxes, like they're good for doing business. And I do draw a lot on that experience of being a business owner. It gives me a really great perspective because I've been there. I have run a business. I know what they're like do you, or what kind of situation they're in. In a way, every situation is different, but I've had to deal with employees and all of the different things. So I do tend to draw on that experience and I've helped people talk through, you know, new policies, new systems, all of that kind of thing. And I have a lot of resources too, since I ran a business. I like being a resource for my clients. If I can connect them to somebody else who can help them, I like to do that too. So why bookkeeping? Why not business consulting? I actually thought about consulting for a while, especially around office management and putting in systems. But I like bookkeeping because it's a long-term relationship. So I can work with my clients month after month because there's always more bookkeeping that needs to be done. And over time, I can watch them grow and watch their business grow. And I that's really gratifying to me, like seeing a client grow from where they were and to growing a business to meet their dreams and their vision for the business. That is awesome to me. And I really love that. So the longevity of it and the month to month and the um, being able to work with clients long-term is one thing I really like about bookkeeping. Is bookkeeping location specific? For example, do you or would you work with clients outside of the state of Wisconsin? I do, actually. I have some clients I've never even met. And the technology is there right now. And it's come leaps and bounds in the past five years. It's really quite amazing what you can do. So I have my business set up entirely virtually. I'm a cloud bookkeeper and I use video conferencing and cloud technology and document management solutions and all sorts of really awesome tools to be able to work with people virtually. It makes it easier for my clients. It makes it easier on me. And my goal is always to make it as simple and efficient as I can. So I can work with anybody across the whole United States. The name of your business is Masterpiece Bookkeeping. That's an interesting name. How did you arrive at Masterpiece for a bookkeeping business? Yeah, that's a fun question. So 
um, my husband and I actually spent like a couple of weeks trying to come up with what to name it. We tossed around different names and would look things up and nothing really seemed right. And I landed on Masterpiece Bookkeeping. It's actually a nod to my musical background. I'm a musician. I have been playing music since I was five years old. My mom put me in piano lessons and I still love playing my flute to this day. So it's a nod to my musical background. And I also really like the analogy between music and business, because when you're building a business, there's black and white parts of it, but it's what you make of it. It's taking all of these different pieces and helping them work together and create those synergies to make something beautiful. It's like you have your own little masterpiece. Mm. Well, you probably know this, but there is a high correlation between people who are very, very good at math and who are musically inclined. Absolutely. Math or uh, music is very mathematical in the black and white part of it. And I like that. I like that there is some hard truths to it and principles, but that you can take it and turn it into something magical and make it more than what's just on the page. Speaking of music, you have what you call too many hobbies, which includes <laughs> the music and yeah. volunteering and DIY projects. What types of volunteer work and projects do you do? Uh, a lot of my volunteer work is through my church. So I run a crafting group there and I'm involved in the women's ministry. That's currently most of what my volunteer work is, is getting involved there and reaching out to people through my church. Um, my projects, well, right now my big project is building my business, but we actually just redid our bathroom, which my dad so graciously helped us do. So that was kind of my most recent house DIY project. Mm. So do you do it all yourself, like lay the tile and replace the toilets and everything? Yeah, I actually learned how to tile with this project, which was kind of fun. I'd never done that before. It's surprisingly easy and it's very um, methodical. I can kind of get lost in those types of projects sometimes. So it was fun. Yeah, it is surprisingly easy. That's one of my kind of things that I'm fairly good at, too, is tiling. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So where do you see yourself in the future? Is bookkeeping your dream career or might one of your hobbies turn into a business? I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily see myself opening another business, but who knows? Because I love entrepreneurship and I love what I'm doing. Right now, my focus is on growing this business. Uh, I want to grow it to the point where I have the systems in place and it's a well-running business that I could potentially sell in the future. Um, I do have rental properties, so that's another little business interest, and we plan on getting a couple more because we like the residual income and we like being able to provide a good home to people. So that's another one. But beyond that, I'm not sure. Like right now, I'm focused on the bookkeeping, and I can see myself doing it for a long time. Um, but we'll see where the future takes me. My end goal is to be financially free and have the time to be able to choose to do more things like being more involved in volunteering and philanthropic, philanthropic things and giving back. So, yeah. At this point, is it just you or do you have employees? Right now it's just me. Um, but I am actually right now starting to lay the groundwork and doing the research to do my first hire by the end of the year. 
So I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Sure. This is such a great question. And I'm a very avid reader. I love reading. So I'm always, you know, trying to broaden my horizons and learn more about business and life and all that stuff. I actually started a business owners book club as one of my networking um, ventures, which is kind of fun. So to answer the question, I would say that the most important resource in my life is the Bible because I'm a Christian. But when we're talking about business books, I'm going to go back to the one that kind of opened my mind to that world. I was at a networking event and somebody said, hey, let's all read this book and get together and talk about it. And up until that point, I hadn't really been reading business books or, you know, nonfiction in that way to grow as a person. So this book was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And that book really made me think It made me question how we live our lives and how you can grow and get better and react to different situations. And I really loved it. And it made me hungry for more. So that was kind of the turning point. And I recommend that book. If anybody is looking for a good one, it's a good one. Excellent. So are there some quick tips you can give us for for knowing our numbers, for how to find the right bookkeeper, just sort of general information for people who are thinking, boy, I really probably need to get a bookkeeper. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the getting a bookkeeper one. A lot of people do it themselves or think they should do it themselves. And I would that that is can be a good option. Some people can do a really good job with it, but I will say it's a learning curve. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. It's not like a lot of software where you can push a button and you pretty much know what's going to happen. In bookkeeping software, there's a giant math equation going on behind the scenes. And if you don't really understand how that math equation is affected with everything that you do, you can get into a mess very quickly. I will say that almost every new client I get starts with a cleanup job, meaning that something was wrong or not done correctly. Mm. So doing it yourself is an option. Um, you can also have a CPA do it. A lot of CPAs offer that service, and that's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. They're going to be um, very highly qualified. I've actually talked to a lot of them, them though, and they don't really like doing the books. And a lot of times they'll even have a staff person doing the books. So that is an option as well. I like to say the bookkeeper is kind of the sweet spot between doing it yourself and having a CPA do it because a bookkeeper is trained. They know what they're doing, um, but they're you're not paying for the brain of a highly certified highly certified CPA. They're really great for that high level tax planning, all of that kind of stuff. But um, a bookkeeper really knows the books and really likes doing that and is, is good at that. So when you're hiring a bookkeeper, I would ask things like how long they've been doing it, how, why they got into business, why they like it, kind of really get you know, do that gut check. I would ask how they've been trained. I would also talk about tech. 
because there is a lot of really great tools out there in the bookkeeping world that bookkeepers should be taking advantage of. If they're still manually entering all of your transactions and not using bank feeds, they are wasting your money and efficiency. So those are some things to think about. I actually charge on a flat monthly rate versus hourly. That's kind of a debate in the bookkeeping world right now. I think that the hourly rate is inefficient and it's, it, uh, what do I want to say? It doesn't, it's not consistent. You never know what you're going to pay every month. So the flat rate, usually those are the people who have really looked at the industry, really know what they're doing and can really give you the bang for your buck because it's a flat rate. You know what it is every month. And um, I really like that model. So those are just kind of a few little things to think about if you're looking at hiring a bookkeeper. So the flat rate model is that, do you have like different flat rates depending on how large the company is? Yeah, I actually do a custom proposal for every client. So it includes, um, you know, making sure everything is there. I actually pay the software fees as well, because as a QuickBooks provisor, I get a wholesale discount. But then everybody has a different level of complexity. They have a different amount of things coming through. They have a different... um, what you call balance sheet accounts, which is what makes bookkeeping a little more complicated. If they own things, if they have loans, if they have payroll, those things all add complexity. And then there's a bunch of add-on services bookkeepers can do for you too. So if I'm filing your sales tax, or if I'm helping with payables or invoicing or budgeting or cash flow forecasting, those are like all additional things on top of the base rate. So everybody is different. And I kind of do a custom quote based on the needs of my client and how they like to be served. So you brought up an interesting point, the sales tax. I know that, you know, I live in the world of Amazon and I used to work for Amazon and I know that sales tax for internet companies is a big deal. And most companies are paying now, I think in most states, but that's very complicated to figure out how much you owe to whom where Yes. Is that, do you have any clients who have that kind of complexity? Some. I have a couple online retailers. Um, and every state is different, too, which makes it crazy. Like here in Wisconsin, particularly our sales tax for the trades and contractors is just ridiculous. It's different if you're repairing it versus installing it somewhere new. A cabinet in your bathroom could be taxed differently than a cabinet in your kitchen. So the sales tax laws can be pretty complex and hard to navigate. And I'm, you know, I'm not an expert in every sales tax for every state in the nation. (laughs) It gets a little crazy. So um, yeah, sales tax is not fun. Yeah. No kidding. So if people want to find find out more about you and your work, how can they do that? Sure. My website is masterpiecebookkeeping.com. You can go there and look at my services and I have a contact page. So if you want to get in touch with me, that comes directly to me. I'm also on LinkedIn if you like to connect there under Rachel Lamantia. What's next for Rachel? Looking forward to summer in Wisconsin? 
Yes, I actually just booked our first camping trip today. So yeah, looking forward to getting outdoors. And we actually had snowstorms at the end of April this year. So the sunshine is feeling really good. Oh my goodness, the weather's been crazy. Yeah, by you too. Uh, well, we have record heat. We just had oh, 88 really? degrees yesterday, which um, broke a record. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we've actually been having really nice weather. So, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's, it's it, the whole climate change thing has been working for us so far. Yeah. So finally, what does success mean to you personally? That's a great question. And I don't know that I would say I'm necessarily chasing success. I'm chasing joy and freedom and being able to live my life to the fullest that I possibly can. I want to be able to glorify my creator and use the talents he's given me, but I'm not going to work myself to the bone to do it. I want to have a great personal life, a great professional life and enjoy the journey. That it's, it's really interesting the way you just phrased that, because what you told me is success means working yourself to the bone and that you have this other definition, but actually the definition that you, that you have is your definition of success. Oh yeah. And it's different for all of us. And I think recognizing that, that you don't have to buy into the world's definition of success is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Rachel Lamantia, Masterpiece Bookkeeping. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Rachel is pretty young, but it seems she learned the most important lessons early on. Know yourself and do what you love. It would have been easy for her to get funneled into an engineering program or some other field that would have had her sitting at a desk all day crunching numbers or writing code, especially with the emphasis on getting girls into STEM programs and jobs these days. But as you heard, she knew that wasn't how she wanted to live her life, so she found another way to use her love of math and incorporate other aspects of her ideal life and livelihood. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow the show to be reminded of upcoming episodes. Give it a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen, and please tell your friends. What's your story? If you'd like to share it on this podcast to inspire others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. I'd like to leave you today with a quote from Napoleon Hill, the writer of the book Think and Grow Rich, which was recommended by Kathy Widlick on a recent podcast and almost every coach I've ever had. Cherish your visions and your dreams as they are the children of your soul, the blueprints of your ultimate accomplishments. 
I hope you'll join me next week. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.